The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Oh yeah, that's that song. You know, when you hear that, I've been waiting all night. That really means, we're going to translate that to mean, I've been waiting all week. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. And of course, you have been listening to me know that I wait all week. Not all night, but all week. And uh, I'm sort of excited about uh, having an opportunity to spend some more time with you. As always, it is hot in the valley. I think it's like 113, 114 or something like that. And uh, I guess I'm getting a little bit used to it, celebrating my third year uh, anniversary being here in the valley uh, yesterday. And uh, so I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm excited. Uh, it's an exciting day for me today to do this show. Every now and then I get an opportunity to spend some time with some friends. I got a good friend of mine here with me today. Uh, get a chance to spend some time with Kelvin Fisher. And I, I, I told you guys I was going to bring Fisher in. Fisher was supposed to bring the hardware with him. And when I say hardware, it is hard to wear that ring. But Fish, what's going on, man? I'm glad you're here in the studio with me, man. Uh, How's life day. treating you, man? Good day? Good day, good day. Well, man, let, let's, let's get right into it, man. The hardware, man. You, you didn't bring the hardware. I, I mean, people can't. They can't see it, but, you know, we could have we could have did one of these things right here. Now, see, that's my little wedding band, <laughs> you know, and if I'd have put that ring, hit that ring up against the mic, man, I mean, fish, I mean, did you guys have to go that big? I mean, that's a big deal, but, I mean, that's a huge ring. Yeah, it is, it's, a, it's a very nice ring, and I think uh, I think the Rooney's did a great job with it and, and the players who was involved with putting it together, and it has a lot of meaning to it. So, um, wow. you know, it's the sixth, sixth two. Super Bowl trophy, first team to make it. So uh, make it to six six Super Bowls and win. Um, so I think they went big with the ring because it was a big big deal to to accomplish that uh, six six Super Bowl win. There's, there's no doubt about it. I know in uh, I think in, in in basketball, you know, you got the Celtics. You know, they've done some things. Uh, you know, Lakers, they've done some things. But in, in football, is is extremely hard to win that many Super Bowls and. Uh, it is something to see. As a matter of fact, I might see if we can get you to take a picture of it so we can put it up on, on our website here, Voice America Sports, uh, because people need to see what uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers worked so hard to accomplish and obviously were successful, and, and they set out on that goal to get that ring, and you got it. Uh, it kind of makes me think right now, and we're going to start talking a little bit about football, and we're not just going to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going to talk about some other people now because there's there's two people out there in sports right now and I wanted to ask Fish about this because he's closer to the game now than I am. And and sometimes when you see people out there and they're still involved in sports at the latter part of their athletic careers, you're wondering if they're in search of 
a championship team or if they're still playing the game. I got two people comes to mind right now in two different sports. One's basketball and one's football. Allen Iverson and Brett Favre. Now, Brett has a Super Bowl ring. Allen played an NBA championship, lost it. When you think about those two guys, Fish, you know, do you think they're in search of a championship or they still just have the passion to play the game and just don't want to let it go? I think it's a combination of both, but I think both of them are really great athletes for the sport they play. Um, And I think, you know, they both feel that they they can make it it happen. Now, with Brett, he – I'm sure he's still working on his shoulder and, and to make sure that it's the right thing for him to do. And I think that's what's um, holding him back from from making it happen or signing right now. I, Allen, I think Allen has some. I think Allen still has some time in him, some still some good play in him. But when it's all said and done, it's still the burning desire inside of him. I mean, I was watching ESPN yesterday, and I saw that uh, Derek Mason was thinking about retiring. And his reason, the reason he came up, came out with that conclusion of the retire is he didn't have that burning desire to wake up and work out. Now, you have to really respect that from a you know a player's point of view is that when you lose that, it is time to move move on to something else. But when you still have that burning desire, it's hard to let that let that game go, let that sport go, you know, and, and whatever whatever you're doing in life. But when you have that burn desire and you still have it in you, you really think you can do it, you know, my hat's off to those guys who who's still trying to do it. I mean. And I, and I agree with you. I, I think there's, there's one thing about it in, in sports, in, in particular in football, because it's such a physical game. You know, you have to really have it made up in your mind and you have to be willing to pay that price and, and to go through some, some grueling days in a hot summer sun to go out there to get your body prepared to, you know, play in an NFL game. And you and I are going to talk about that a little bit later because that's, you know, that in a way has a lot to do with becoming a pro. And you and I, you know, had some conversations about that before, and I want to talk about that again. But let me ask you this. Uh, you know, I, met, I made a comparison between Allen and, of course, Brett Favre. But th- there's another comparison I want to make with Allen, and that's another football player, and that is Allen and T.O. Now, you, you got two guys here who are tremendous athletes, you know, probably, you know, one of the best to ever play their positions in the game, but neither of them have won that championship yet, and to be such great players, they find themselves on so many different teams. Now, as a person who, who's, who's a scout and evaluates talent, does that say anything to you about a particular player who's a great player? I mean, a great individual player, but can't seem to find himself on the right team or, or win a championship. What does, how, do you read anything in that? How, how do you think about What do you think about that? I think, um, yeah, it has a lot to do with them, you know, their personality, you know, their attitude. You know, and, and I think that's what probably hurt both of those players from moving on. I mean, when it's all said and done, you can look back. You, I, Allen had a, had some issues when he was in Philly about practicing. Uh, practice. <laughs> man, we're you know, talking about practice, man. And then, you know, T.O., you look back to San Fran, you look back to Philly, you look back to Dallas, 
I mean, he had some issues with some coaches, players as well. So, I mean, that's why they move on. But they're both still great athletes. They're both – I mean, Allen is a great basketball player. T.O. is a great football player. And we'll never, ever be able to take that away from them. But do you want to deal with the other things that may come with the package? Now, when you, when you, when you say that, and for those of you who would be interested in calling in, you can call us at 888-346-9144. I'm sitting here today with my good friend, uh, scout for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Kelvin Fisher, of course, uh, uh, now holding his second uh, Super Bowl ring. Uh, we're, we're talking about great players not winning championships but still having uh, the passion. Does, does there come a time where as you look at that great player and, and know uh, perhaps maybe, again, he's not a locker room guy, as, as they say, so to speak, and, and you pass him over? I mean, what is it, if, if there's any intangible of which you could think about, Fish, that you say, well, because of that intangible, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take him. I mean, he's such, a, he's such a great motivator just by what he does, you know. Do you decide, okay, I'm going to take him. T.O.'s going to go out there and he's going to lead by example, so I'm going to take him. Or do, is it just, man, I don't want to deal with the locker room stuff. Do you make those kind of decisions? I think at the time that we make our decisions, some of those um, credibility of those players isn't shown yet. I mean, when T.O. first came out, you never heard of any problems with T.O. when he was playing with Jerry Rice when he was a rookie or his second year or his third year. When T.O. realized that he was a great player, he started having issues. And the same thing goes with Allen. I mean, Allen played for John Thompson in Georgetown, and you never heard about those issues when he was at Georgetown. Well, you know, that's you know. interesting you say that because, I, I you know, I've uh, – shout out to Guy Troop. Uh, Troop 21, uh, I, you know, guy has uh, a player that he's very close to in, in Felix Jones, and I got a, some questions I want to ask Felix. And, and, and now that you're here, you, you bring up something. A player, when does a player develop a comfort level where he feels as if his true personality or, or his leadership skills or whatever they are should surface and everybody should see who he really is? Because you're right, sometimes it's like, oh, man, he changed. But 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 that person may view that as being leadership or he's in a comfort level now where, okay, guys, here's the person I really am. Let me demonstrate that and see who I really am. And either you guys accept it or you don't, but this is a part of who I am, and this is how I become the winner because you're right. Under John Thompson, that didn't surface with Allen Iverson. Right. I mean, and, and, and even with T.L. coming out, I don't think it surfaced. I mean, you know, I, he played at a small school and, I mean, I think at Tennessee, Chattanooga. Uh, and it, it didn't surface then. So, so he, so he, it, di- it didn't surface yet. So you think is that a maturity thing? Because we're going to start getting into that becoming a pro. Is that part of them in their minds? What they feel is becoming a pro, and it's time for me to speak up and say what I have to uh, say, or, or or do what I have to do. I just, I just think it's the individual. I think. Um, there's going to be guys like that. And there's going to be guys that's true leaders that go out on the field, lead by example, uh, lead a vocal lead, leader, and you know. And when he talks, the team listen. Um, and then you got guys who go out every week and play their butt off 
and never say a word. Yeah, and, you know, I, I think a lot of times, at least in, in, in old school, and, and I, I'm going to talk a little bit about old school because I know the, the All-Star Baseball game is coming up, and, and, and Tim McCarver talked a little bit about, you know, some of the old school players and, and, uh, and how they played the game and their approach. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, your organization, let me ask you that. Is, is that the type of player you guys are looking for? Are you looking for the player who is going to lead by example more than the, the rah-rah kind of guy or – I think every team um, looks at looks at that player by an example, and then a leader by example, and, they, and, they, and everyone wants a leader too to say, "Hey, let's get this thing going." You so know? It's, it's okay to have a little bit of rah rah. Exactly. All exactly. right. Hey, you heard it from Kelvin Fisher. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Finney's Living Like It Matters. We're gonna take a break, and we're gonna come back and talk some more football. school to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports so andy serling packed his bags left the city and is enjoying his temporary digs in saratoga but that won't stop us from bringing you playing to win the best online handicapping show for serious horse players catch andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of august on location from the beautiful saratoga race course he and his guests are some of the best in the biz they bring you new insights to making money and they tell it like it is i'm three five one in this race but the three is very much the one to be we're going to completely disagree on this race i absolutely disagree her, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All 
right, we're back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. Of course, I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Got my man Kelvin Fisher here with me from Pittsburgh Steelers, who left that hardware at home. Uh, we got a text from somebody uh, told us to talk a little bit about high school football. We're going to get there in a minute. I believe, as a matter of fact, Football University is having, uh, I think they got another camp going on out there in the, in the Pittsburgh area, man. They must be... You know, football crazy out there in Pittsburgh, Fish, but uh, we're going to get to them. But I, I mentioned a little bit about the baseball game before we get, you know, the, and, of course, the, you know, the Major League Baseball is about to have their all-star game, and, you know, and they're trying to find a way of which, you know, determining what's the best way to decide where home field advantage is, and they, you know, and they're doing a home run derby and, and, and all that, you know. But, you know, one thing about football, you know, you, you earn the right to get home field advantage, you know, and, and baseball, I mean, do you, do you think it's anything wrong with, uh, you know, what they're doing, the home run derby? Do you think that's a, a the best way to choose who has home field advantage when it comes to the World Series? Based upon, uh, you know, who wins this all-star game, the home run derby is one thing, but, I mean, whoever wins the all-star game, the National League or the American League win the all-star game, then that team has home field advantage in the World Series. Man, that's <clears throat> that's uh that's wild that it's that way, but I still would think that the best team with the best record should have home field, just like they do in basketball. Yeah, I, I, you know, and I, I just don't agree with that. I mean, I guess for some reason or another, I mean, I would think it would even come down to, you know, once you got the person representing the National League and American League, you know, that, hey, they deserve it. You know, forget this all-star game. I guess they're trying to bring – uh, you know, some, you know, credibility to the baseball all-star game, of which some people are trying to say is the best all-star game of all. In terms of what you've seen, do you think the baseball game is the best all-star game of all the professional sports? <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke as far as I'm concerned, too, Fitz. I mean, of all the ones that I like, I, I must say I like the basketball all-star oh, game. Oh, definitely. definitely you know, I, I think definitely. the basketball game is better. Uh, you know, home run derby, you know, I, too, will take slam dunk contests over the home run derby as well. But uh, I uh, let, me, let me just move on because there's something that, you know, I said I wasn't going to bring it up, Fish, but I, I got to bring it up. You know, of course, you know, we lost, uh, you know, a great football player and, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a great young man, you know, and, and Steve McNair, you know, Ruru, one of my frat brothers too. And uh, blessings go out to him and his family. Uh, another young man was shot in, in Philadelphia, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago or a week or so ago. Uh, you guys just had the symposium for the young players coming into the league. Uh, why do you think there's so much violence happening surrounding young athletes nowadays? When you and I grew up, I mean, I doubt if there was ever a player that was shot or, or killed during that time. Why is it such a violent society and our, and our players finding themselves in the midst of some of it nowadays, you think? You know, I don't <clears throat> I don't have the answer for it. And I'm sure if someone did, they would come up with the plan. But I just think sometimes um, we put ourselves in positions that we shouldn't be in, you know, and, and those guys are around or hanging out or – just get in confrontations with, you know, other people that probably is not living the way that that player is living. Is there know? is there anything that the league is trying to do in terms of mentors? I, I you know, many times when when you step away from a game, this is one thing that that that, that uh, Tim McCarver talked about at baseball is the fact that 
you know, you, you cherish the moments once you're away from it, you know, and I think that happens with a lot of things. You know, our parents often try to, to, to give us advice to prevent us from making mistakes. Is there anything that the league is doing in terms of, besides just taking them to Canton, Ohio, and, you know, giving them the history of the game, uh, providing any type of role models for these young players? And if so, are they, are they accepting the advice of players who've, who've walked in those shoes that they're currently walking in at all? Well, I think any professional sport, I mean, football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, I mean, women's uh, WNBA. Um, I don't think there is, is a such thing as a, a mentor per se as far as like when a young guy comes out of college and you assign a mentor to him, you know, say, if you got any issues, call this guy. I don't, I don't think that happens. I think, you know, as a, as a young player, your mentor is going to be an older veteran on your team. Or you're going to have a mentor in place um, from from the time you was in high school and college that you that you've been dealing with and listening to. And if that mentor is your dad or your mom or your older brother or your granddad, um, I think when you when you do become a, a pro player, you got to understand that it's it's a lot of things that's coming at you, and if you're not prepared for it, and I think that's what the so podium. Is for the NFL podium, and they try to prepare you for the things that's coming at you. Now, if you don't take in that information that you're getting, and when that person or that person or those people are coming at you, and you just don't know how to handle it, it something bad may may come out of it. Something bad may not come out of it. But that that's what I think with the young players is that just you know understand that you are you're in the market of of everyone wanting wanting something from you you know if if it's just tickets or if it's money or if it's an autograph and it's all about how you handle that situation now you mentioned something about you know your role model I'm, I'm sorry your mentor if indeed you have one might be a veteran player you know one thing about this this sport we're talking about it, it's so competitive that it's oftentimes hard to get someone, uh, you know, to mentor you, particularly it might be a position player and you may be going after that person's position. And so that, that may create, you know, somewhat of difficult situations to actually develop a program like that. But the player development position, is that somebody who has a role of perhaps maybe being there for the players when they need somebody? Uh, yes. They, um, they, they get involved with, with the players. But, I mean, sometimes – you know, your mentor may, if you're a running back, your mentor may be a D lineman mm-hmm. that you went to college with or possibly that he went to the same college that you played at. You know, sometimes you don't have to have that mentor that you're sitting in the, in the classroom with every day and in, in, in meeting rooms and on the field with. I mean, it, you know, the, the one thing about the NFL um, is that when you do go to a team, if it's a guy that's been in the league for eight years, and he played at the same college that you played at, or if he's a frat, if he's your frat, he's going to try to mentor you. He's going to try to educate you on what to expect and what not to expect. I mean, and that, that's just the way it is. Yeah, and I, and I agree with that. I, I know that, uh, you know, when I came into the league, there were, uh, you know, players that perhaps maybe I, either I went to school with, as you mentioned, or perhaps maybe that I might have played against, you know, and, and knew of those players. Uh, but sometimes for a young player, uh, that's only going to happen if that older player reaches back to you. 
because you're, you're, you're still somewhat impressed by the fact that, wow, I'm here, you know, in the NFL, you know, and that's the person I used to watch on TV, you know. And so you're still, you know, somewhat in awe of these professional players. And, and, and it's, it's something I think that has to come from from the veteran player. Let me talk about something else. And this is just, just to ask you questions, Fish, because, again, many times people never get a chance to speak to somebody like you who is a part of the real fabric of developing these 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 great teams that we all have so much of a passion for. And many times these players are regular players and nobody understands it. There's some controversy out there now. And again, it's hearsay. Tony Romo may have, you know, broken up with his girlfriend and all that. And then they're saying things about, you know, how it would affect and would not affect his relationship. Now, let me ask you something. In terms of players, is it important for a team as you're constructing a team and your players, you know, to be able to be responsible young men, uh, their relationships. I mean, I think it's hard for somebody to think that what's going on in a person's personal life is not going to affect them on the field. You might be a pro, but if there is, you know, instability in somebody's life, that could affect, you know, how they show up on the game on Sunday or if they even show up. And as I said, we don't want to, you know, spill milk is gone. But McNair, if he was a current player, that might have been surfacing. We don't know. So somebody like Tony Romo, if you go into the league and, and that's, that's Big Ben, are you guys interested in knowing what's going on in their personal lives and their relationships? I just think, I mean, they're human. They're they're, they're grown men. I mean, I, I don't think you can dab into their personal life to to where you know everything that's going on with them because you don't. I mean – but I, I think that if, if something is going on with them, and it can be your father can be sick, you know I mean, your your wife can be sick, your grandmother can be sick. I mean, those things will play a part of it because it's on your mind. I mean, you, if you break up with your girlfriend, I mean, that it, it could play a part on it because it's on your mind. But at some point, you have to let that go, and you gotta and you gotta move on. Um, I, I don't think any team is is running around trying to know what every player is doing. I think. A lot of teams know what some of their players are doing, and, and, but you can't control that because, you know, you can't walk with this person every single day, you know, and hold their hand because at some point you they're grown. They're, I mean, they're adults. So, so somebody like Tom Brady who has uh, a relationship with a model, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, who is, uh, you know, his, her name may be just as big as his name, you know. Uh, you got Tony Romo, who's Jessica Simpson. Her name may be as as big as as his name. Is is that something that the team sees as a distraction? Is I mean, is it something that the Pittsburgh Steelers wouldn't want? That you wouldn't want Big Ben all of a sudden be dating you know a Hollywood model or a movie star because it would be distracting to your uh, team. I, I don't know if it'd be. I don't know if it's a, a distraction to the team. If anything, it's a distraction to that person. Uh, I, I don't think of uh, the team really can care less because that's what he's going to do regardless you know but you know as as a as a as a player coach you don't you don't want any outside distractions no well all right man so now i'm I'm gonna start talking about some 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 real football now and and the fact of the matter is you and i were having a discussion a while back uh you know we were together on the holidays and we were talking about a, a pro and 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 becoming a pro and uh, wow, we got this music, so we have to talk about becoming a pro on the other side of the break. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I got Kelvin Fisher here, Scott, with the Pittsburgh St- Super Bowl champions, Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll be right back after this break. 
a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Form. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Form or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. I can take care of myself. I can make a peanut butter sandwich. I can brush my teeth and I can give myself a bath. I can walk home alone from school. I can pick dinner from the trash behind the deli. I can watch the baby for the whole weekend. I can keep a baseball bat by my bed just in case there's trouble. Don't worry about me. I can take care of myself. If you're in jail, who'll be there to take care of your family? Something to think about before committing a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, is here for you, the fan, to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports. We'll discuss not only the headliners, but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today. It's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribbs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference Most Valuable Player, and a member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Got my man Kelvin Fisher in here. And, uh, you know, we just start off the show just real light, talking about a couple things now. And uh, uh, now we're going to get into some serious football. And, you know, we before we went to break, you know, we started talking a little bit about, you know, Tony Romo and what's going on down there and his distraction and things like that. But one thing about it, you know, I, I always enjoy the fact when I, when I get a chance to speak with, with Fish because – I mean, the man's the ultimate professional when it comes to his work and his job, and he approaches it that way. And so I get a whole lot of inside information, Fish. As a matter of fact, I remember last week on my show I was talking about I didn't realize how privileged I was as a kid that my high school coach was a guy by the name of Bill Knox, who was the brother of Chuck Knox. Mm. So what he was doing is what, uh, shout out to little Kelvin Fisher, he was doing what you do with Fish, and he gets a chance to go and watch the Pittsburgh Steelers 
you know, get ready for an upcoming season. My secondary coach was there with his brother and all those pros getting ready for NFL seasons, and he would bring that knowledge back and share it with me, and it was it, it helped me. And and so I say that because when I talk to you, I understand exactly where you're coming from with this, you know, with with your opinions and your perspective, because you've been do- this is what you do for a living. You're a professional with this. That's why I want to talk to you right now about the NFL symposium. You know, that purpose of that is to introduce, I believe, young men into pro football and the history of pro football and those who who made the game and and all those intangibles and those things off the field and the image and the brand and all that. But as far as you're concerned, when you talk about somebody who is a professional you're talking about the way they play the game and how they prepare to play the game of pro football as opposed to college football. Can you share with us, at least in, in your mind, from your perspective, there's a college football game and there's a pro football game. Is, is, is there some distinct differences? And even though it's some rules are similar, some of them are different, but even getting yourself ready, you know, to become a professor. What If you were talking to... Young Fish, who's listening to us now, hopefully. What's the difference in the preparation for somebody getting ready for pro football as opposed to college football? I just think in pro football, you got to prepare yourself during the course of the week um, on your own as well as, you know, your coaches are going to have your meetings and they're going to introduce the game plan and things like that. But also you have to put in that extra time on your own uh, studying tape, you know, studying your opponent, you know, looking at different things that the, the, the opponent, the, the the other team is is going to throw at you. Um, and I think in college, it's kind of the same approach, but I think the coaches in college uh, do more of their the legwork, and 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 now it's just implementing it into you to understand it. Whereas in in the NFL. They're going to do the legwork, and they're going to put it in place, and they're going to tell you this is what we're doing, this is what our plans are. But you you still need to put in your extra time. So in, 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 in your approach to a game at a professional level, I, I think in college, I remember in college, uh, there was still, you know, we, t- we worked in, even though you have individuals and pros, we actually worked on, you know, basic fundamentals and technique and things of that nature. I mean, your personal technique and 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 creating, uh, put, putting you in the right position, your agility and all that stuff. In pros, you have to come there with with those natural abilities Correct. already in place. Correct. You're not trying to teach other than, I think, quarterbacks for me and sometimes offensive linemen. But the skill position players, you're you're not doing a whole lot of teaching them in terms of how to play a position. It's it's more about the mental aspect of the game. Would you say, is that is that uh, right? Uh, no question, no question. That the, the NFL it it is is what ninety ninety five percent mental, um, and and I just think you have to have that. I mean, because sometimes in the NFL you're changing up on a sideline, whereas in college. You may make you may wait until halftime to make those changes, you know. So you may have a game plan that you may have to go back to running plays that you ran a week, two weeks ago, 
that you did not prepare for during that course of the week, but you see something on the field that that play can work. Whereas in college, if they make that change, it's probably going to be at halftime. It's not going to be on the side of, hey, we're going to these plays now. Now, when, so, when a, so when a, when a college player is preparing to leave college ball and go into pro football, we, we agree that, you know, technique-wise, he better have all the technique that he needs in order to play this game because it's more about a, a mental game than it is, uh, you know, his ability. You've already assessed him. He's got the ability to get here. So, so you're saying now he's probably got to spend more time in that playbook and watching film than he's ever done before in his life. Oh, uh, no question. And if he and now if he doesn't do that, will you be able to tell? Because I, here's what I feel. I, I I think I've shared this with you before. I think probably ninety percent of the things that I see mistakes I see on the field to me, even if it's a missed tackle, I still think it's a mental it's mistake. It. It's not a physical mistake because you mentally got to get yourself in the right position to make a tackle. So would you agree I, that that that's what happens? I totally agree with that. I. I I mean, and, and like I said, you know, even if a, if the safety's making a call and you don't hear that safety make the call, but you see the alignment, mentally you should already know what that safety is going to call. So if you don't hear them, you already know. And you you know, and that's mental. That's not the physical part of the game. And man, that and that's and, and I think that's what I always want you know people to understand is that you know I guess it's been around since gosh since football or sports been around. You know, the dumb jock, you know, that that's something that you hear people say like that, uh, you know, make comments like that. Those are people obviously who don't know anything about the sport because uh, they wouldn't make those type of comments. But, you know, those are intelligent people that are playing those games. And, and many times those audibles, what percentage of the time do you guys allow Ben to audible? Does he audible a lot on the I, offensive I, side of the ball? I couldn't really answer that question. I, I mean, I don't know because um, I'm not there. So that's another one. See, they ain't going to let Fish ain't going to tell us that, y'all. <laughs> But I'm I sure I, I thought I'd sneak it in there. I'm sure he got it. I'm sure he got some favorite plays that in situations that that play can work and that he'll check out of it and go to that play. But I man, I don't know what the I don't know what the game plan is. I don't know. Fish ain't gonna tell us, man. I'm trying to <laughs> see if we can get how some much, rings. How much power he have to change the play? I'm trying to get a ring in Cleveland, man. You know they 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 dying to get a ring in Cleveland. Okay, okay, Fish. Let me ask you something, man. You you know as you as you look at a team. I mean, you guys won the Super Bowl. And, you know, and I, I think I've made these comments before, you know, at least for me, I hated when I got drafted by the, I wasn't real, ha- I was happy I got drafted, but I, I didn't really like the fact I got drafted by the Eagles because you think, man, this is a team just went to the Super Bowl, they didn't win it, but, you know, they don't, probably don't need many players. When you win a Super Bowl, now next year, right now you guys are preparing, you know, for a Super Bowl uh, again. So as far as you're concerned, you know, what are, the, what are some of the pet peeves, even though you guys may have done it pretty good, what are some of your pet peeves that you feel that we just got to do better, regardless of what it is? What are some of the pet peeves that you just feel like, no, we, we got to get better at this? Well, Not a person, but as a team, we just got to get better. I don't know what we need to do to get better as a team. I just know in my profession, we got to continue to bring in good players. Um, I, I don't think that's up to the coaches on, on how they prepare the team to get better, how they utilize players. As, as a personnel staff, I just know we have to continue to bring good players into that, that organization. So but you won the Super Bowl last year, man. What do you mean good players? You, 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 must have, you must have had the best players last year. It's another year. I mean, and, and you're on top, and everyone's trying to get, on, get, get to where you're at. So 
you got in that defense. You have to have. You got to continue to bring, continue to bring good players in. I mean, even though you know you feel like you have a good team, and and we probably have a good team, but we still need to have good players. And and it all it all comes back to you know a little philosophy that I have is that you don't want to rebuild. You want to reload. Yes. Yeah, I like that. I like that. You don't want to rebuild. Listen, don't want to rebuild. You want to reload. Reload. That's a good one. Well, th- well let me say this. Okay, you, you, you've got to reload. So you're still going to put another bullet in the chamber. You know, and that bullet is going to look very similar to the bullet you just fired. So I'm thinking the Pittsburgh Steelers, y- you ain't making that many changes, but you're asking the guys to do a little bit more this year. And you bringing in some more good players. So you're going to bring in another bullet or two. So, and again, if I'm, if I'm one of those guys on the Super Bowl team, this was what would really kill me. If I'm a guy on the Super Bowl team and we won the Super Bowl last year, man, it would really bother me that there's going to be some changes. I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm almost one of these people that I feel like this. Unless somebody retired, and I don't know how they could ever put this in place. Unless somebody retires, why should the Super Bowl team get a chance to even draft anybody again, period? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, think about it, really. Is that really fair? I mean, really, you just won the Super Bowl. I, I think it's fair because you're picking 32. Yeah, you picking thirty two, but there's there's thirty two, you know, real good football players out there. So I I understand what you're saying, man. But I I just really feel that when you guys won the Super Bowl, when it was all said and done, you were the best team, and you and you deserved that Super Bowl championship that and that trophy. And you know, again, go Bucks. You know, my man stand up there after you you know caught that touchdown pass. But really, and you and I have talked about this before. You go back out there, and now they're saying to you. Kelvin, go out and get us some more really good football players. I don't know if you're allowed to say this, but did you look at a position that you thought that's a position to improve? Or did you just go say, this guy's a great football player, I'm going to bring his name back to you guys, and they make the decision? I mean, it's several guys that you bring back, but it's it's no position specific that you're going to get. Um, you just identify, hey, here's a great player. Exactly. Take a look exactly. at him. And, and, that's, and that's what you want. And, that, and that's the whole concept of reloading. Reloading. Because even if that player is drafted and he don't play his first year or his, or his second year, at some point you're hoping that that's going to be your reload. Well, I, you know, I, I can tell. I, I know Big Ben ain't one of the positions you guys looking at. You ain't looking at quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you're not going to look at quarterback. Uh, you know, maybe, I mean, a good running back or receiver, if he's always out there, are you guys always looking? Because those are people that perhaps maybe could get hurt. Is that so? Oh, man, we got music. We got to come back. All right, we got that music. We're going to take another break. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. Got my man Kelvin Fisher here with me. Super Bowl champion, Pittsburgh Steelers, Calvin Fisher. We'll be back after this message. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. 
We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard hitting radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, is here for you, the fan, to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports. We'll discuss not only the headliners, but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today. It's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribbs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference Most Valuable Player, and a member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball, deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Okay, we're back. This is the last segment. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. I got my boy Kelvin Fisher in the studios with me, of course. Kelvin Fisher, scout for the Picks Super Bowl champion. Pittsburgh Steelers. I have to correct myself each time. I put that out there the wrong way. Shout out to my man Andre Risen, uh, Football Academy in Johnstown, PA. I think Andre's running his own thing out there. Him and uh, you know a couple of fellas out there, man. Low and Dre. Shout out, fellas. Uh, teach them young fellas how to play football, man. Speaking of teaching them young fellas, fish. You know, hi- high school football. Now we 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 got a request from somebody sent us a text to talk about high school football. Uh, you sometimes I feel like this. I feel as like someone who's played the game at the professional level, and I've, I've shared this with many people. Sometimes it's difficult for me to work with kids that of are a certain age. I think the the lowest age I can go is probably middle school. I can't work with the pop Warner type kids. Let me ask you something in terms of and it's probably because of the intensity or something like that. You know, I, I expect too much out of them. Uh, you're a trained professional. You're different than me. Let, let me ask you something. What What is it at the high school level? Because I I I asked this of of Josh McDaniel's dad uh, when he was on the uh, show with me uh, when when the Patriots came here to play in in the Super Bowl. Uh, what is it that they need to be doing on a high school level 
in order to get them ready so when they get to that college level and you look at them, they're going to be ready. I told you I had the benefit of having a, a brother of a pro NFL, you know, coach uh, help me out. What is it that young kids in high school need to be working on in terms of their game to get ready for that college game, which should have them prepared then for the pro game? I think they need to work on, I mean, a lot of it is the skills, but most of the kids who's going to be going on to college, you know, to play, they already showed the ability to play in college, you know, and that's why the colleges go out and recruit them. But I think they definitely have to get the mental piece of the puzzle and knowing the game. And sometimes uh, you have so many high school kids that's, good athletes and and good football players and just don't know the game and they're just playing because they're playing and I think once they learn the game and learn the mental part of the game and it can be some basic things just you know coverages or or why you're running the ball you know you know to the right instead of the left I mean you know sometimes kids they they don't want to learn. They just the coaches call the plays and they just play. Um, and when you get to college, you got to understand. You got to understand formations. You got to understand defenses. You got to understand why they're trying to run cover two on you, um, and, and things like that. And if you don't understand that that piece of the puzzle, at some point you're going to be lost because you can't just go against other athletes that's just as good and not know what you're doing. If, yeah, I, I think that makes a, a lot of sense because uh, particularly, let's say, on the defensive side of the ball, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, I think you, when you're in a position, and it's interesting, I'm going to go back to this point that happened to me when I was in, in, in pros, and it was against the Pittsburgh Steelers, as a matter of fact, you know, and I remember playing a game in Three River Stadium, and it was very early in the game, Fish, and, and they threw a pass. And when they threw this pass, something in my mind, a light bulb in my mind went off. And it was almost like, damn, they trying to game plan me. It, you know, it's like I felt as if they were, there was something they were trying to do to me, of which was a part of the game plan. And if it succeeded, they were going to come back to that. But, but, but again, it was my mental preparation of knowing what they were trying to do to me. I didn't go for it, but I will tell you this, that my good friend and God blessing Ron Springs ran the same little pattern out, out the backfield, you know, and, and came right at me, you know, and stopped hitting with the ball. And again, if that separation, that, if you don't close that gap, if you got somebody who got speed, I tell my son, six for 60, Ron took it. It was a six-yard pass. He took it for 60 yards. So you got to understand what they're trying to do, high, low you or whatever, and all that comes with time, you know, with knowing the game and, and, and like you said, understanding, you know, what is trying, what they're trying to do to you and cover two or, or whatever. Do you think the coaches at the high school level are able to teach these kids enough or are the coaches astute enough in the game of football to help the kids? I, I, I'm sure they put a game plan together and I'm sure they're watching tape and they feel like, for example, if they run a slant right and they think that that defensive end is going to slant and not play heads up, they're going to try to run his way. Mm. And, the person who's blocking that kid also have to know the reason the coach is running that slant is because they feel that defensive end is going to slant inside and open up a open up a hole automatic, and that's where so many high school kids 
the culture tell them, but they're not really understanding. All they understand is who they're blocking and how they have to block them. Mm -hmm. They don't understand why they have to block them this way. And and I think that's I think the coaches have to spend more time with the kids and understand. You know, sometimes, you know, what, what's the old saying? You teach a person how to fish; they eat for life. You you know, you feed them; they eat for a day. You know, and so you can't just tell a kid. You got to walk him through and show him and tell him why and all the various scenarios that can happen if you don't do it the way we're showing you. You know, we're gonna have to worry about this all day long. They're gonna keep running this play over and over again. So listen, okay, young man, you heard something. You gave you a little bit there. We, we we need to have a whole show on high school football fish. I agree with you. We've talked about this a few times, and and we need to dedicate a show on high school football because again just like what you talked about just now that's the same way it is when you go to a, into a pro locker room and they going over film you know they film study they're going to say something one time and you're going to be like what just like that little girl in the commercial with eli manning what right, right, <laughs> you know, right, right. <laughs> you know they, and they ain't gonna go back over it again they're gonna say once you better get her you better come back in there and ask that man to give you some more time exactly because otherwise they're going on to the next thing and uh and we're gonna move on to the next thing well let me ask you something based upon you know Again, going back to football and getting ready for a season, you know, based upon the things that you've seen, you know, for the year, you know, over the years, you know, just besides saying that, okay, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers, of course, got to got to got to score more points than the other team to win, and of course, we can't we can't turn the ball over, you know, in order to win. What are some of the things that you think, you know, most football teams have to do? to win the game besides, okay, don't turn the ball over and, you know, and, 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 and score more points. So there's some other things that you look at, you say, Hey man, teams that really win football games, they always, or 90% of the teams times they do this or they, they must do this. Well, I, I think the whole phase of the game plan have to be offense, defense, special teams. Um, but I, I really think special teams is a, is a big part of the football. And it's because, you start playing field position, you know. If you can punt them, get the ball down there on the kickoff, stop them at the 10, now they got 90 yards to go instead of 80 or 70 or 60 or 50. And and when you and when you make them have a long field and say you stop them through three and out and they got to punt from the 10, so they may punt the ball to the 50. Right. Now you're starting on their side of the field after the return. So I think special teams is big, um, and it goes in, in all four categories: punt, kickoff, kickoff return, and punt return. I, well, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna jump in here, man, because I didn't—I I wrote this stuff down. I didn't even talk to you. I didn't tell you this, but that, special teams. Man, I I was going to finish the show about special teams, man. It's so funny that you said that because we're talking about high school football guys too. The majority of high school players that get a chance to make football, tell them how important. It is to be a special teams player. Guys, most of the time, I want to play special uh, teams. Uh, you know, in my philosophy, a special team for special people. Wow. So that's that's a major key that everyone needs to be involved in because it, it gets you ready. It, when you when you first start a game, what do you do? You kicking off or you kick or you returning? You could be a starter. There you go. You could be a and starter that, on it, special teams. It gets you going. It gets you going. You set the tempo 
on special teams. I've always said that, man. Shout out and blessings to a man up above, Frank Gans, the best special teams coach that ever was. Rest in peace. You're listening to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I want to thank my man Kelvin Fisher, Super Bowl champion Kelvin Fisher from the Pittsburgh Steelers for coming in again. I got to go, guys. You hear that music? As always, I got to say it. I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Jay-Z.